Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. January 6th was not 9-11, nor Pearl Harbor. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carroll, a psychiatrist, and you're a terrorist therapist. Well, I don't know how many of you were appalled by the um, celebration of the one-year anniversary of January 6, 2021, but I certainly was. Now, I wondered when I chose this topic for today's podcast whether you all were going to be sick of hearing about January 6th, but I thought it was definitely worth um, a podcast to um, really lay out all the ways that, in fact, January 6th, 2021, um, the storming of the Capitol was in no way comparable to the real (laughs) Uh, 9-11 and the real Pearl Harbor. Um, I started, uh, so, and I wanted to give you a perspective on the day because this January, the anniversary of January 6th, because um, that there was so much gaslighting going on that I am really concerned that people are not going to realize what was gaslighting and what was real that there, in other words that too many people are going to believe what was put out on this anniversary this celebration this political theater literally with the singing uh, from the uh, stars of Hamilton um, this was all just um, a political event you know it's not really that the event itself was uh, should be in any way compared to the horrors of 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, but it, it was done so in order to really to gaslight Americans so that we would think of it in a different way. So um, I uh, started the day, January 6th this year, the anniversary, uh, by, I put on the television and I wanted to see as many events as I could because I was doing throughout the day a ton of, uh, media interviews about it. And so I wanted to, you know, be up on what was going on as much as I could. And on the day itself, and of course I've, <laughs> I've, uh, researched it since then. Um, but so the first thing I saw when I got up was Kamala Harris. And that made me literally sick to my stomach because of how this was the beginning of the day. This was this was um, the uh, foretelling of what would be happening throughout the rest of the day. In other words, how it was going to be used to gaslight, how things that happened on January 6th were going to be twisted to say the exact opposite. Now, before I get into that, I want to tell you about something called recency bias. Recency bias is a cognitive bias, a way of thinking, a a memory uh, bias that favors recent events over historic ones. So in other words, it gives greater importance to the most recent event. 
So, uh, it, in other words, it's a tw it's a twist of your memory. It's it's a way that your memory functions. Um, and an example of this would be the way in uh, trials, the final lawyer's closing argument uh, leaves the most the, the bigger impression on the jury before they leave um, the uh, courtroom to deliberate. Another example is. Remember, we have uh, a list of the top 10 Super Bowls or the greatest of all time, GOAT. And the things that were the most recent tend to seem more important. Okay, so that's part of it. And that's also part of why I am concerned that people are going to uh, remember what happened on this anniversary when it comes, you know, because because um, Kamala Harris, Biden, and Pelosi are going to be um, – drumming this, you know, this is the drumbeat that is going to continue uh, through the next, at least the next two years um, for political gains, for to pass through a uh, bill, Biden's bill, and um, well, they're all sort of involved with this bill, to change the elections, uh, to make them federal elections, not state uh, mandated or state-controlled uh, elections, and to have it be more mail-in ballots, if not all completely mail-in ballots, which, of course, um, is very dangerous because that's what happened in the last election, um, where there were all these mail-in ballots with the excuse of COVID, you can't come to the poll, and that kind of thing. All right, anyhow, um, so the thing is that because, you know, when she started to say, um, to talk about how uh, what January 6th is, was worse than 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, that is a tagline or a slogan, a catchphrase. That is going to be what is going to be repeated for at least the next two years to get, as I said, the election bill passed and also, of course, to get more Democrats elected. Now, you know, I, I try to keep this. I try to keep this as a this podcast as apolitical as possible, but um, I'm not the one who compared January 6th to 9/11. That was Kamala Harris, Biden, and Pelosi. Most of all those three. Um, okay, so you know, if a catchphrase or a slogan is repeated often enough, people begin to believe it. And indeed, January 6th. What happened on January 6th, 2021, the storming of the Capitol is the exact opposite of what happened on 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. And I will be um, explaining that to you by comparing each of these events. And I, I did what, you know, I, I wonder how many of you did this in school. You know, nowadays history is not being taught in quite the same way, unfortunately. It's uh, politicized. History is politicized in most uh, schools these days. But in any case, when I was growing up, um, in junior high school or high school, maybe college, uh, certainly in junior high school and high school, I remember the teachers making charts uh, to compare different world events. So I made a chart. <laughs> I compared January 6th, uh, 2021 to 9-11 to and Pearl Harbor. And we're going to go through that and show how absolutely absurd it is to try to compare to compare January 6th to those other two. Um, now, and if, 
here's the, the flaw in their argument. If indeed there was a similarity between January 6th, what happened on January 6th, and what happened on, on 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, I mean, 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, pretty much everybody can agree that those were the two attacks on America. 9-11 was worse, but, um, but you know, Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, which was in Hawaii. Um, so two attacks on Pearl Harbor. I mean, 9-11 was the mainland. That's why it was had a much bigger effect, impact. And, of course, a lot more people were killed and so on. But in any case, these two events, 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, everyone would agree, were the most horrendous events in American history. So if these were, so if, if January 6th was supposed to be like that, then why was there a celebration in Washington, D.C.? Why was there Hamilton music played? Why was it made to be a fiesta, a celebration? Instead of, um, yes, there were minutes of, uh, a minute of uh, silence, um, for the people who died in January 6th, and wait till you hear about that. But in any case, um, but but otherwise, otherwise it was clearly a celebration. They were all happy because they were using this day to brainwash you. Okay, so this is what I woke up to, and you probably may have woken up to this as well. I mean, if you if you heard Kamala Harris's speech, this is what you would have heard. Um. She said that the date will live on, January 6th, we're talking about, 2021, will live on in the country's memory. Um, one of the dark days in American history, she said, quote, certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendar, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, that's Pearl Harbor, and September 11th, 2001, of course, 9-11, and January 6th, 2021. To say those three in the same sentence it is just um, a travesty. So, um, now, I, I wasn't born... <laughs> When Pearl Harbor happened, um, I I know where I was on 9/11, and um, I'm trying to remember. Oh well, January 6th, I was watching President Trump that morning give his speech, and then yes, continued watching the events that happened after. Um, okay, now she then said um, that January that yes, that January 6th continues to be a threat to American life. She said, quote, what was at stake then and now is the right to have our future decided the way that the Constitution describes it by we the people. Now, this is the exact opposite. The people who went into the Capitol on January 6th, I am not necessarily condoning the violence, but I am condoning their right to assemble and protest an election that they thought um, was fraudulent. Um, so, so by her saying the right to have their future decided by the ways the Constitution describes it, by we the, in fact, you know, certainly the people who went into the Capitol at that time 
We're thinking that it wasn't being decided by we the people. It was being stolen. And to be, tell, to be perfectly honest, I believe that to this day. You know, what about those leaky pipes? What about those ballots that suddenly appeared? What about the cardboard that was put over the windows so that people couldn't observe the counting of the ballots? Now, I know some of you may disagree with me, but so in fact, you know, and in any case, whether, whether, whether it was stolen or not, the people who came to the Capitol believed that it was, and they believed that what they were doing was patriotic. Um, okay, now, at least most of the people. Now, there is, uh, there is, there, it has been said, and, um, it, you know, there's still investigations going on, that were, there were people in that group um, who belonged, who weren't patriots, who weren't there, um, you know, to, to fight for honest elections. Um, but who were there to stir up trouble, you know, whether it's Antifa or people, plants, in other words. Now, that hasn't necessarily been proven 100%, but there are still investigations going on. Um, and Kamala Harris, um, uh, let's see, she went on in her speech to talk about how it's important to have new uh, for Congress to pass new voting legislation. So in other words, it, it, that would be stealing the election the way they want to have it, uh, to federalize it. So she said, I wonder how, how will January 6th, I wonder how will January 6th be remembered in the years ahead? Will it be remembered as a moment that accelerated the unraveling of the oldest, greatest democracy in the world, or a moment when we decided to secure and strengthen our democracy for generations to come? That was the kicker. <laughs> um, that was the lead in to passing, you know, trying to pass Biden's bill to, um, to change how elections are run, and that would be the end of our democracy. Well, I will end this segment here. And when we come back, I will talk to you, remind people about Pearl Harbor. Again, comparing, going, looking at my chart here. <laughs> On a chart, it says January 6th in one column, 9-11 in another column, and Pearl Harbor in another column. And we are going to go through those and see if Kamala Harris was right. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about January 6th was not 9-11, nor Pearl Harbor, despite what our Vice President Kamala Harris had to say. By the way, I just want to add that um, in regard to 9-11, I was mentioning what, what I, um, I mean, in regard, I'm sorry, in regard to January 6th, the real January 6th, the original January 6th, I was mentioning that I watched um, President Trump in the uh, give his speech in the morning, and he told people to go peacefully um, to the to walk to the Capitol. He did not tell anybody to be violent in any way towards you know um, towards any of the uh, people there or to damage any property or anything else. He said um, peacefully and quote peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Okay, I just want to make sure I get that in to, to uh, because, you know, that's part of what you were, part of the gaslighting that you were hearing on the anniversary of January 6th. 
was that this was all Trump's fault and so on. Okay, so um, let's look at what, let's start with 9-11. There were over, I'm comparing how many, for each of these three events, January 6th, 9-11, Pearl Harbor, I'm going to compare how many people died, what happened, what was destroyed, what was the motive of the people who did it, who did it, and what it led to, okay? <laughs> See, my, if my teachers were here from junior high school and high school, they'd be proud of me that I remember how to do this. It actually is worth doing because that is how you highlight, in this particular case, that is how you highlight how ridiculous it is to compare January 6th to these other events. So, 9-11, let's start with that. Um, first of all, over 3,000 people died uh, on that day. And then there were uh, many more who died because at, at the World Trade Center site the, the first responders, the workers who worked there, um, trying to find the remains of the people who died, and so on. The people who died from the toxins that were in the buildings that crumbled, um, and who then re- got cancer and other illnesses and died. Um, there are some some reports that say at least 3,000 more died from um, from cleaning up you know, from from the recovery. Um, What happened? We all know what what happened. There were suicide bombers who um, commanded four planes, and two of them hit the World Trade Center, one of them hit the Pentagon, and one of them was directed towards Washington, D.C., but it was prevented from hitting the Capitol, you know, the irony, irony, it's not clear whether the that plane was supposed to hit the Capitol or the White House. But in any case, the irony is um, that if it was supposed to hit the Capitol, you know, a lot more damage would have been done had the passengers on that plane not uh, overtaken the terrorists and made the plane um, land instead in a field in Pennsylvania. Now, in 9-11, what was destroyed? the World Trade Center and the surrounding areas in Manhattan, tons of uh, businesses and houses and homes and families. And um, there were, that's another thing, people who lived near, um, nine, near the World Trade Center were, um, you know, got sick and so on afterwards. And similarly, surrounding the, uh, the Pentagon, parts of the Pentagon w- were destroyed and the surrounding areas there too, of course, in Pennsylvania. Uh, for the most part, it was the field, but <laughs> of course, um, and the people in the plane. Um, motive. What was the motive for 9-11? The motive was um, to destroy America, to take over America and enact Sharia law. And um, who did it? Uh, Al-Qaeda, radical Islamists. And what did it lead to? It led to a 20-year war in Afghanistan. It led to countless veterans dying and uh, being injured uh, with physical injuries or PTSD and other depression, other kinds of psychiatric problems. 20 vets a day on average commit suicide to this day. 
Um, so <laughs> that's a big deal. That's a pretty big deal. Um, okay, then let's see what some of the people um, had to say, some of the families. The 9-11 families have been outraged uh, over these claims on the anniversary of January 6th, that January 6th was worse uh, was worse, actually, they were saying, than 9-11 or um, Pearl Harbor. Um, and so, for example, the retired New York deputy, <coughs> deputy fire chief, I'm choking over this, Jim Riches, his son, Jimmy, was among 343 New York firefighters to die at the World Trade Center on 9-11. Um, and he, um, he, you know, was saying, quote, are they kidding me? 3,000 people died, plus we have more people dying from the air that was down there. They're comparing it to score points politically. The families are really angry. When I talk to them, they, when they compare it to that, they find that outrageous. Uh, another example. Um, Deborah Burlingham, whose brother Charles Burlingham was murdered while piloting American Airlines Flight 77, the plane that crashed into the Pentagon, she said, quote, there are a lot of young people who have no living memory of 9-11. When you have all these comparisons and analogies, which are inflated, inflated and ridiculous, it minimizes what actually happened. And that's what's happening here. It's a deliberate ploy. You know, that's such a good point, because if people who were alive on 9-11 are more able, uh, more easily able to compare January 6th to 9-11 and see how ridiculous that is. But people who weren't alive then and who are just reading about it, it it's hard to... Um, uh, to to have, you know, to be as clear about the absurdity of the comparison. Um, let's see, let me, there are some good, great quotes from these people. Um, somebody wrote, uh, somebody tweeted, um, United 93 was intended to crash into the Capitol. You think January 6th was worse than that? Um, Oh, this is a, a good one. Joe, Joe Connor, whose cousin, Stephen Schlag, was among the thousands who perished at the World Trade Center, uh, said, quote, they just dehumanize our families for political gain. I guess they call it gaslighting. They can say the, <coughs> excuse me, they can say these things that will make people believe that these riots were worse than the worst thing that happened on American soil. Either they're ignorant or they're just really devious and clever. And you can put nothing past them, because if you're willing to lie to that degree, it's a disturbing trend to me. I saw, he's talking about, you know, what he saw on 9-11. I saw people jumping out. I saw the sides of the buildings explode. I saw papers floating in the wind, and I tried to call my cousin. No one picked up. The terror, the carnage, the horror of 9-11 20 years ago, they've forgotten, or they think the rest of us have forgotten. You know, it's really particularly uh, scary when you think about the fact that, and I'm not going to, this is a whole other topic, but 
about how kids in school these days, um, I doubt many teachers are putting up these these uh, charts like I'm reading to you that I that I created and that you thought was done for me, you know, in regard to uh, the events um, World War One and World War Two and so on when I was growing up. But um, uh, you know, if if teachers aren't doing this kind of thing, putting it right out there, making it clear, comparing these three events. Uh, and with the politics, the politics that are being taught in schools to kids who weren't around on 9-11, this makes a very scary situation. Well, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, let's see, we're at 10 minutes here. <laughs> the next thing that I want to do is um, go through Pearl Harbor. Uh, and compare that, and of course, um, well, let me let me start with that because time is. Oh, I have so much to say. <laughs> this is important stuff. That's the point. Um, Pearl Harbor. Uh, what happened on Pearl Harbor um, on December seventh, nineteen forty-one, at eight a.m. on a Sunday morning was that the Japanese attacked a U.S. naval base near Honolulu, Hawaii. I actually visited um, the memorial that is on that spot now. Um, hundreds of Japanese fighter planes, kamikazes, uh, descended on the base and destroyed or damaged nearly 20 American naval vessels, including eight battleships, and over 300 airplanes. More than 2,400 Americans died in the attack, including civilians, and another 1,000 people were wounded. And the day after this, President Franklin D. Roosevelt uh, declared war on Japan. And um, so let me, so I'll, I'll stop this um, segment now. And when we come back, I'll, I'll just, uh, again, just rec recount that. Um, and again, comparing to January 6th. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about January 6th was not 9-11, nor Pearl Harbor. Um, we were talking before the break about, about Pearl Harbor, and so let me um, just kind of recap that again in comparison to January 6th. Uh, so there were over 2,000 U.S. personnel who died and over 1,000 injured. Uh, what it was, it was an act of war. Uh, I told you about what was destroyed. Uh, the motive was to destroy America. Um, who did it? The kamikaze pilots, the Japanese kamikaze pilots. And what it led to was the start of America getting into World War II um, and the bombing, nuclear, America um, sending two nuclear bombs to Japan. Um, now, I hope you're, when I'm talking about, you know, 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, I keep you, I hope you keep referring back to, um, to, not, to uh, January 6th, you know, comparing all of the different, uh, the motives and the impact and what happened. Um, and again, so America bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki in retaliation eventually after 
after um, Pearl Harbor. So now let's look at January 6th, <laughs> the original January 6th. Um, so now we have thousands who died and were injured in both um, uh, 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. And we now I'm going to tell you about who died on January 6th. Um, for really, first of all, there's only one person who died as a direct result of the um, storming of the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, and her name was Ashley Babbitt. She was an honored Air Force veteran. She had tours, you know, she, she, she did more than, um, more than her share of tours um, to protect America. Um, and she was fatally shot by a Capitol Police officer as the rioters, or whatever you want to call them, the people, the participants, uh, went into the Capitol. She was the only one who was directly killed, uh, and it was by a police officer. Now, I like police officers, so I'm not, I, I'm not, certainly I don't want to, um, that is not a, uh, any kind of criticism of police officers per se, but it is just showing you, and although quite frankly, this particular police officer who has, has not been punished, um, in any sufficient way for her death, uh, to this day. And I, so I, I, I do, what he did was wrong. Um, if you, you know, there was a, there's a wonderful, um, there's a wonderful, uh, um, documentary. Uh, there are several documentaries. Of course, it's interesting, depending upon who made the documentary, they have a totally different slant on what happened January 6th. But um, I was recently watching a, a, a documentary about this, and clearly, this Capitol Police officer did the wrong thing. Okay, so aside from Ashley Babbitt, um, we had um, people who died of heart attacks or strokes um, that who are trying to um, relate it to the, well, whose families and um, are, are trying to relate and who, for political gains, um, their death, by, for, particularly for political gains, their deaths are um, attributed to, by some, attributed to the January 6th riot. Okay, so... There's a Kevin Greeson who died of a heart attack. Uh, he collapsed on the sidewalk on January 6th. There was a Benjamin Phillips. Um, he was the founder of a pro-Trump website called Trumparoo, and he died of a stroke. And um, then a woman, uh, Roseanne Boyland, she was reported to have been crushed in a stampede of fellow rioters, right? But it turns out that she died by an accidental overdose. And these two others who I just uh, um, told you about who died of heart attacks and strokes, uh, the medical examiner said these were natural causes. Then, um, then there are also five police officers um, who served at the Capitol on January 6th who died, not by the rioters, not by anything that uh, originally it was reported 
that an officer, Brian Sicknick of the Capitol Police, who was attacked by the mob, mob by the mob, that's what, by the, by the rioters, but, you know, it's, I'll, I'll get into what they have been called and why, what's very dangerous about it. But anyway, um, there have been uh, an officer, Jeffrey Smith, and an officer, Howard Liebergood, um, both died by suicide. But um, the Capitol Police had previously said that Officer Sicknick died from injuries that he got while physically engaging with protesters. But then the medical examiner later said that he died of natural causes, multiple strokes that occurred hours after his confrontation with these rioters. Uh, and then the medical examiner added uh, that, quote, all that transpired played a role in his condition. Well, yes, you know, obviously there was stress that day, but this is not how, how it is being presented. You know, it's being presented as if the rioters themselves directly killed them. Um, then we have other two other officers who died by suicide. Now, the police agencies themselves have not classified the four total suicide as line of duty deaths. Um, so, and then there, there were officers who were injured. I don't know. I don't know whether to, whether this number is correct, but what is being touted is that there were 150 officers who were injured and then also traumatized. Um, so, okay. So that is, um, so that, so that's who died. Um, this was not an act of war, what happened on January 6th, whereas 9-11 and Pearl Harbor were acts of war. Uh, they are, they have gone down in the history books. We know that they were acts of war. We know who did them, right? Um, in terms of destruction, yes, there were some, you know, things in the Capitol that were destroyed. There were some things that were stolen. Most of them have, have come, were, were recaptured. Um, you know, were, were found or were left there, like there was a guy who was carrying the lectern, I think it was Nancy Pelosi's lectern, um, and he, uh, that was, he left it in another room, he didn't take it home with him, couldn't quite carry it home. Um, and um, now we'll get to who did it in a second. Um, let me just, yeah. Um, now, who did it? Who done it? <laughs> January 6th. That is the question. They are being called uh, everything from criminals to domestic terrorists to insurrectionists to rioters and patriots. And um, criminals, you know, um, there are some of the people who did actually commit crimes um, in terms of, you know, um, uh, like there, well, so far over 700 have been arrested, 71 have been sentenced, as many as 2,500 could be charged with federal crimes. Now, there are many of these people who are still incarcerated. They're being beaten. They're held in solitary confinement. They're denied medical care and legal representation. They're treated as political prisoners, and they're tortured worse than Gitmo terrorists. And yet, as as I just told you, only one person was actually killed on January 6th, and that was Ashley Babbitt, an honored Air Force veteran. Um, now, I mean, you know, yes, the, I'll give you an example of the one that you will remember most. 
the most colorful protester, uh, the QAnon shaman. He, um, the one who had the painted face, he was bare-chested. He was wearing a, a horned Viking cat hat. <laughs> cat, yeah. He had fur pelts, and he was carrying the American flag. He was the most, he was, you know, running around the Capitol, and he was definitely the most colorful. Um, he left a note for where uh, Vice President Pence had been sitting because Vice President Pence certified the election instead of asking for an investigation. And if he had just not agreed to not certify the election at that time and waited for more investigations, none of this would have happened. Um, and so he left a note for Pence warning, quote, it's only a matter of time, justice is coming. Um, so he was arrested and incarcerated and he pled guilty to obstruction of an official pro proceeding. He was given a 40 month a uh, 41-month jail term with supervised release and a fine. And he said in court when he was sentenced, quote, I may be guilty of a crime, but I am in no way, shape, or form a dangerous criminal. I am not a violent man. I am not uh, an insurrectionist. I am certainly not a domestic terrorist. I am a good man who broke the law. So he has since then filed an appeal. Now, they're, they, um, so that's, so yes, you know, if they did things trespassing, like a lot of them are being charged with trespassing, or if they damaged something in the Capitol, they're being charged with that, you know, that is reasonable. Um, but now, in terms of being called domestic terrorists, as you know, and I've talked about how everybody from PTA moms to these January, January 6th Capitol trespassers are being called domestic terrorists. Um, for not coincidentally, you know, it's all part of the political, for political gain. Um, and as I've, if you've listened to prior podcasts, I've talked about how there's no specific federal crime covering acts of domestic terrorism. A person can only be charged with domestic terrorism if they're connected to a foreign uh, designated terrorist group. And that could be even if there are, um, were, um, um, instigated by them. So uh, now the thing that really got to me was how for this anniversary event, there were more events and more hoopla of all kinds that were planned for this one year anniversary of January 6th than for 20 years of anniversaries of 9-11. That is one of the things that really um, bothered me the most. Um, there were th over 300 events planned um, in over the United States, um, in in various states, all all through the United States. Now, insurrectionist—that is the word that is being used most, and that is what is most dangerous. Uh, an insurrectionist is a person who seeks to violently overthrow the government, and the people who stormed the Capitol had no such organized plan. They um, most of them, again, where there are still <laughs> there are still some amongst the crowd who are being uh, investigated. Um, but most of them, you know, did walk from Trump's rally to uh, the Capitol, uh, where he after he had said to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. But the thing is, if you are called an insurrectionist, if you are an insurrectionist, uh, this is the plan of Democrats 
to try to use a provision of the 14th Amendment, the post-Civil War 14th Amendment provision, that was intended to disqualify former Confederates or anyone who, quote, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion or given aid or comfort to the enemies. They are going to try to use that um, uh, provision to call, and by, by calling all the people involved in, in January 6th um, insurrectionists, the plan, the motive, the devious motive is to then try to disqualify them. Everyone from those running for Congress in 2022 to President Trump, who might well run in 2024. So there are, you know, there are devious motives afoot. And I just want, just want you to know all of these things. Um, rioters, uh, the, the hypocrisy of calling um, the people who, the participants in January 6th, rioters. And if you're going to call them rioters, then you certainly have to call the people who have been rioting for the last two years rioters, which indeed they were. <laughs> uh, but they like to call themselves peaceful protesters. I'm talking about the riots that started after the George Floyd uh, deaths and uh, and continued on and continue to this day with looting and everything else. Police, people were killed, people were assaulted, police particularly, um, but also innocent bystanders, uh, statues were toppled, and so on and so on. They were rioters. Uh, now, I prefer to call the people who participated in the January 6th event uh, patriots. They were a, a, a different, you know, they were a, um, a various group. There were various kinds of people in the group, uh, from extremists, who I'm not necessarily calling patriots, but um, to grandmothers. And their aim, their motive was to, they were fighting for honest elections and to save our democracy. So to say to now on the anniversary of January 6th for Kamala and Biden and Pelosi and their friends to try to use January 6th to say that this was the, the um, death of democracy, the worst thing that could have happened um, to destroy our democracy is the exact opposite of what the people who participated in the January 6th event wanted. They were, in fact, trying to save the democracy. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, Check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. 
We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.